developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Throw. Throw. It would be nice to have a blow. Throw. It would be nice to have a blow. Throw. It would be nice to have a blow. Throw. It would be nice to have a blow. Throw. It would be nice to have a blow. Throw. Listen or some not to, we did anyway, dumb debating. John's computer sucks, Macs are the only way, dumb debating. Fullbacks are running backs, hamburger steaks. Josh is too dumb to eat a cupcake. Mayway to base. Does John like Nebraska or Creighton? Just, Just three, three radio, radio hosts on air, dumb debating. Die for the pile on or give up on the plate, dumb debating. Millennials are great and old should go away, dumb debating. Rarely do we find any common ground. Josh wants his food to be the best around. Even if it gives him fatal flatulation. Just, Just three, three radio hosts on air, dumb debating. When a tree falls down and nobody's around, you can bet your ass it won't make a sound. Water ain't wet, you know nothing about hydration. Just three radio hosts on air, dumb debating. Just three radio hosts on air, dumb debating. It is indeed time for Dumb Debates here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Josh Peterson, Jimmy Allen with you here in the studio and joining us live from Stores, Connecticut. It's John Bishop. Hi, John. Yeehaw. <laughs> Dude, that picture today, that picture you tweeted out earlier, it looked exactly like it does here. Cold and snowy. Yep, it is. It's cold and snowy. I mean, I thought at the very least we could get 30 degrees out of this trip. Nope. No, it feels probably exactly the same as it does there, and it's snowy and it's icy, and you got to watch where you step. Yeah, it sucks. There's well, a chance we're going to get flurries here in a moment in Omaha too, so yeah, it's not it's cool. not much different. Yeah. It was warm earlier today, John. It was like 20 degrees. It was awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, the sun was out, the things were melting. That was a long, long time ago. It is now uh, 20 20 degrees. Oh, there we and, go. And dropping. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, let's get to some uh, dumb debates, John. I don't know if you have any that you would like to throw our way, but I w- I wanted to begin with a sports one that I've had saved on my sheet because famously last week what happened oh Saban retired I was gonna remember <laughs> what yeah, happened? yeah yeah there was kind of a big story last yeah. week it blew up everything yeah and so I've had this one saved for about a week and I wanted to get to it and our friend Fredio asked uh, he said will there be more than 36 unique schools within the 120 playoff teams over the next 20 years. 15 programs filled 40 playoff spots in a four-team era. So essentially, how many will fill 120 possible spots in college football? How many different programs will fill those spots over the next decade? It feels like it's going to be a lot, right? I mean, with, with having 12 teams, it feels like that number will change a lot more than just four. Yeah, so like I, I think the way that I would game it out is 
You know, if you view like the Georgias and the Bams and the Ohio States and like the Michigans, if you view the, a lot of those teams as like mostly locks, yeah. how often is the rotation happening between group of five programs and then between the lower level power programs? Like, can Nebraska pop up and become one of those schools? We expect Ole Miss to make it next year. How many times would Ole Miss make it after that? What about Auburn? What about Texas A&M? And so I think that's going to be the key. It's not... Can, is Bama going to miss it half the time? I don't really care about Bama in this discussion. Sure. I care about those, quote-unquote, North Carolina, Clemson, well, Florida State. Here, here's where here's where you're going to get probably as much diversity as anywhere because you're going to have a group of five team in every year. And that team is probably going to change out a All lot. the time, yeah. yes. I mean, it won't be like, you know, if this had happened 15 years ago, Boise makes it three out of every five years. I think you're going to get a lot of more diversity there. Then, you know, you mentioned you mentioned teams like Old Miss. There's going to be a lot of those teams. I, really what you could probably do is look at the New Year's Six Bowls. Yep. Oh, good call. Over the yeah. last 10 years. And then look at the number of different teams there because those are the teams that are going to fill out the rest of those playoff spots. And so I don't know what the percentage or what that number is. But, yeah, we're going to – there's going to be a lot more diversity. And then you factor in the transfer portal. You know, a program, not saying it will happen, but a program like a Nebraska mm-hmm. pops through one time. A program like a Texas Tech pops through one time. Maybe they're not there two or three or four times in ten years, but they get there once. Well, I've been uh, speaking about like four times in ten years. I think I've been a program like K-State with a guy like Chris Kleiman if he stays in Manhattan and yep. the success level he's been able to build. That's it. that's something that you could see consistently in that top 12. All right, well, Johnny. And, and the other one, too, guys, I mean, the Big 12 is going to look so much different, way right. different next year. So you add the possibility of a BYU, a Cincinnati, an Arizona, a Stanford, you know, going to the ACC. I mean, those types of schools. So, yeah, we're going to get a lot more diversity. Now, that said, those teams who are at the top, probably going to look very similar especially the next handful of years the ohio states the georgias the alabamas possibly so yeah i think i think the combination of all the changes that has happened this year plus the fact that you're basically tripling the field yeah you're going to get a lot of different teams john i love what you said about the new year six before we get to another question so i just did some quick math if i added correctly 46 programs have played in New Year's Six bowl games, and that was around for a decade. The New Year's Six, I did it. Yeah, so 46 teams. So let's ask it this way. Will more than 46 teams fill 120 plus? Because the math is actually perfect on this. Six games means 12 teams. 12 times 10 is 120. So will more than 46 programs make the college football playoff in the next decade? And I think they will, just because of what John said when you talk about that group of five spot being available and how often we see, how often we have that conference. Obviously this year with Liberty and in, in, in a couple years ago with Cincinnati before they actually made the college football playoff and how often we're seeing that quote-unquote Cinderella team change. I'll go under, John, and I'll go under for this reason. Because the consolidation means fewer conferences, which means those comp- the big dogs are going to get a lot of their teams, and I would bet it ends up being a lot of the same, same team. teams. It was a, a much more diverse field because the last decade we've had five power conferences and five group of five conferences. It's about to move into a power two, and then like a group, uh, uh, the second tier is two, and then the group of whatever well, and that's after that. A, that's the other thing is how long that does it stay your- in the slate? 
Yeah, that would be your best argument for taking the under. With that said, I'm still going to go over okay. because the Big 12 is going to be much bigger and you're going to have a lot of different teams that have never participated in this game with a shot. And who knows what the power vacuum is going to be like in the Big 12 now that Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I wouldn't be surprised if several different teams fill that void over the course of in the next decade and then the group of five teams that I mentioned. So, yeah, I, I, your argument, though, if it goes under, will be because of how you described it. That said, I'm going to take the over on 46. One more uh, football one, and this is from Mike Schaefer. And again, this was asked last week before the retirement uh, moved us off of our Dumb Debates corner. But, John, this is one for you. I'm going to put it on a tee. Is Jim Harbaugh the most insufferable human to win an, a title in recent memory? I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but here in Connecticut, there's a guy by the name of Dan Hurley. <laughs> I'm covering my mouth so no one can read my lips. Hey, Bill Raftery's behind you. Yes, he is. Yeah. That's my man. <laughs> That's a good but one, yeah. John. He's yeah, a good I mean, one. He's, he is right up there, and and he he will, I mean, I, I, would, I would love to just put an ISO camera on him for an entire game because as insufferable as Harbaugh is, it's all the off-field stuff it's right it's the, the the quirkiness in the interviews the press conferences those types of things with with hurley it's <laughs> the whole 40 minutes of the game yeah and it's incessant yeah yeah i hope we never live in a world where shaka smart i was just gonna say for that if shaka smart yeah. won a title he hey, would certainly be in that mix too dan hurley was in the conversation for most most unsufferable human beings in general before winning a championship. That's the thing about Harbaugh is with the coaching search stuff, he hasn't really been that annoying because he hasn't been around to be annoying. Mm. John, do you have any dumb debate questions? Well, so today they're doing, uh, see, in Omaha we do dollar beer night. Yeah, they're doing I said. $2 they're beer doing night. They're $2 beer night, and they're only Miller Lights. <laughs> oh. Only Miller Lights. So they have, not only is it a whiteout tonight, but then they're serving Miller Lights, which of course comes in a white can is there a beer mm. is there a beer you wouldn't drink even for two dollars a can at a sporting event now obviously if you shop in the grocery store you can get a better price but if you're at a sporting event and they're offering two dollar beers is there a beer that even you won't drink for $2 a can. John, I have my answer, and we have had this beer together before. <laughs> I was thinking the same Do you one. know which one I'm talking about? Kirkland, talking. Kirkland beer. Oh, I didn't know they made beer. Reserve. It was 40, it was a 40 rack for what, John? $15? Yeah, you don't yeah. want that. <laughs> it was gross. I, it was I returned awful. most of it because we had like John Stibbs, me, and our old boss, Dave Tepper. So we all had it. So that was four. And you were able to still return it. That's my answer, John. That stuff was garbage. It was yeah. so bad. Uh, Steel Reserve is a beer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's my answer. I don't know if I've ever had Steel Reserve. Don't. Not yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, not good? I couldn't remember if it was technically a malt liquor or not. No, it's a beer yet. Yeah. No. I had that when I was 14. I didn't like it that much. Yeah. Uh, Keystone. Keystone. John, do you have Keystone, one? Uh, Keystone. Keystone. Fine. I mean, I... I if it, again, if it were at a sporting event, I might spend two dollars on a Keystone. Well, if Keystone's ever uh, at a sporting event, it should only be two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. So maybe maybe Keystone is a good answer. I would say, well, that non-alcoholic crap. Remember when I tried to the chug Coors? the non-alcoholic beer? He almost threw that, up. That yeah, that was uh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> but um, 
God, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a long time ago. This may have been in my before I was legal to drink age. Mm. But there was there was one, and I'm trying to remember what it, it may have been. Milwaukee's best. There you go. I don't even know if they make that anymore. But Milwaukee's best was anything but its best. Wasn't that John? Wasn't that the beer that Will Ferrell did the commercial for? No, that was Old Milwaukee. Oh, which actually isn't bad. Old that was Old Milwaukee. Okay. Milwaukee's best was like I want to say because back back then, eh, eh. back then. Uh, <laughs> Old Milwaukee was the name brand, and Milwaukee's Best was like the Bush Light to the Bud Light, it was right? The, the cheaper brand, yeah. And this stuff was rancid, uh, rancid. Jack writes before you even responded, I knew you were going to say Kirkland. It's like drinking <laughs> urine with vodka in it. Oh, <laughs> Nick, it, and apparently, by the way, they don't Sounds make this delicious. anymore. Aaron writes, "Don't worry, Kirkland no longer makes the beer." It was so probably that's after we destroyed it yeah. on on the radio. On the Grum, you yeah. guys did that. You did yeah. that. Good job. Uh, we, we did that. We did that. Jeff, that's our, take the picture. We did that. So Jeff asked a couple. John, I wanted to do this one, and, and I'm a little confused by it, but why not? Uh, he writes, "Love the show and dumb debates." Uh, what is the correct order of operations when eating? The correct what? order of operations. So like, yeah, I don't understand the question. Sides and then main course. Yeah, I think sides, I, I don't main know. Course, like, does 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 take the, a bite, take is a bite. The, yeah is the drink involved in this? Like, because some people I do think are like they let's say they have a burger and fries and a beer. I think some people are like I do the burger and then I do the fries and then I drink the beer. That's they psychopathic do a, behavior. Yeah, I am. Right? It okay. feels weird to eat the fries after the burger. I do it. In part and parcel. Yeah. Sometimes I want the fries first. Sometimes I want a bite of the burger first. For, for friends, but I go back and forth. For and then friends I drink. watching on YouTube, you have two hands. You can have a burger in this hand and a fry in this one. And Depending right. on both at the, same the burger, time. some burgers are hard to one hand after the first couple I, bites. That's true. For me, I got a balance, man. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bite of this, a bite of that, a sip of this, a yeah. sip of that. For me, all the only. Sorry, go ahead, no, Nick. Go ahead, so Nick. I usually do start with the fries or whatever side I'm having. Same. And then eventually I'll get the burger, and then I just won't put the burger down because once you put the burger down, you have to pick it back up, and then it's. Do so you hold apart. the burger the whole time? I'm I hold so the burger the whole time. Dinner now. Yeah, I don't. I put. I <laughs> eat the burger and I set it down and I pick it back up yeah, and I no. set it back down. Like if I feel like it's structurally sound enough, then I guess I'll put it down. But I don't trust. It's really hard to find a burger that I trust to pick up again after I set it down once. Interesting. You know, I've the noticed only- that. Go ahead, go ahead, you know, I've noticed that I do that annoys me, and I didn't even know I did it until my wife pointed it out. So we get pepper jacks a lot, the rice bowls. I like eat it in a line, like a crust. I don't, I don't know why I do it. It's like I eat it right to left. Hmm. Uh, like I don't like scoop it out. I don't know. It's just very strange. Hmm. John, what were you gonna say? I, the only time I would eat one thing entirely before the other is if you're in a in a weird situation, like when we're on occasionally after the like like a game tonight. Now we're staying on campus, so the hotel's like six blocks away. Yeah. So it's not much of a long bus trip. But occasionally, we have like a 30-minute bus ride between the end of the game and wherever we're going, the airport or the hotel. And it gets very cramped because you got a full bus anyway, and then there's a bunch of stuff. So occasionally, you can only eat one thing at a time. you got to eat one thing at a time. Like the other day, we had Chick-fil-A, and I killed the sandwich. Then I killed the chips. But most of the time, i got to have a balance. i got to do, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, negative split swimming rights. Oh. Which is worse, eating at a buffet that hundreds of people have touched and breathed on, or a family gathering potluck that has a bunch of nieces and nephews with snotty noses breathing on? John? Uh, 
The buffet. You could push the little snotty nose no, face kids out of the way. Snotty, snotty kids are the worst in this scenario. Snotty cousins. You can beat them to the food, though. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not upset or triggered at all by buffets. They don't bother I me. Buffets. I understand why people are like, this is gross, especially post-COVID. But if someone is like, hey, we're going to a buffet... I, I'm like, I'm fine with that. Buffets are great. Uh, yeah. I like food. Give me more. Like, I was at a buffet at, at my bachelor it's party. Golden Corral? I went to a breakfast. No, it was at the oh. hotel. Breakfast buffet. It was delicious. I got a ton of different crap. It was super good. I don't, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not really bothered by either. I mean, you, but it's funny how we'll trust our family at a potluck <laughs> over a buffet which is overrun by strangers sure but yeah if you're at a family potluck you're just like it doesn't matter all this other stuff plus that most of the time the little ones in the family they're not going for most of that stuff they're going straight for whatever the protein is correct or the mac and cheese or the jello and then they're out of it that's kind of it they're, they're point. so all the other stuff the potato salad the beans all that you don't have to worry about that. They're not they're not hovering over that. But I also want those things that the kids are going for and they're touching everything everywhere. What's well, your 12 years old, Nick? Yeah, well. <laughs> well it's not like they're using their hands to dish the mac and cheese. I mean, honestly, well, at a lot of family gatherings, the the parents are often helping the children out anyway cuz they're too short. Point. You know? It's a bunch I, of Shane's running around. I saw this <laughs> happen at my family Christmas uh, just not a month ago. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. My niece, I love her so much. But her mom was helping her get her food. Yeah. And she was still going around the table and touching things. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? Stop. Mm. Stop, you five year old girl. Wow. Do, do we want to do the hot dog eating contest rankings? What's I know that? John already did on his uh, on his Twitter page. <laughs> what is uh, this? Some, somebody asked to rank uh, all the Nebraska football coaches and their ability to win a, a hot dog eating contest. Oh, um, and this was going back to Bob, right, John? Was it going back to Bob Devaney? Yes. Yeah, going back to Devaney. Warrior so from Brad Devaney forward. Um, I think, I think Bob actually might be number one. That's just, who I had at one. Just judging by what I like, what I've heard from John and stories about Bob Devaney, I think I would go with him number one. Um, I think I'll go Bo number two, Rule number three. Ka- ah, Callahan's a ah, he's a Chicago guy. Uh, maybe he'd do bad because they wouldn't have all the fixings. See, that's why I have him last. I think yeah. he would be too uppity. Oh, to even this participate. isn't this isn't the the way that I would want to yeah. do it. Yeah, Frost somewhere in the middle there, I guess. Yeah, he's just got a little bit of beef to him, so he yeah, take down a lot of protein. Yeah, you would figure so. Yeah, I I, I had rule two and Pelini three, but John had Bill Callahan number one because he's a Chicago because guy. of the Chicago but, stuff, John. Right. Well, yeah, because of the Chicago guy. Now I realize in a hot dog eating contest, you're not eating Chicago style dogs, but I just kind of figured, you know, hey. Oh, Chicago guy. I have a hot dog. You know, I, that's that's why I picked him. Devaney, it's conditional. It's only if it's after bar close. <laughs> Before bar close, he's too busy filling up on, you know, old fashions and, and, and beer nuts and whatnot. But if it's after bar close, then Devaney. You don't but, put ketchup on a hot dog. Husker that's a fan. great point, John. But I had I had Polini last. Oh, because interesting. I figured. Well, I figured of all the guys that would not tolerate any nonsense, and hot dog eating contests are mainly nonsense. It would be him, and he'd be like, "No, no, let's get the let's get the, let's get this hot dog thing out of here." That's that's what Bo would say. So that's why I put him last. That might and be then, the worst Bo Polini impersonation ever. <laughs> I, I can't do it very well, but. But Riley would be very close to that because you know he's from the left coast. Oh yeah, we don't need hot not dogs. Not in on there. the whole meat eating. Yeah, thing. and he's yeah. not gonna smash a bunch of the dogs uh, speak- unless he has his Pepsi. 
Speaking of uh, food, Dave writes, would you rather make chili on the hottest day of the year or grill a steak outdoors on the coldest day of the oh, year? Oh, grill a steak. You'd rather grill outside than make chili inside yes. on the hot day? This is easy. I'm not even a chili guy, but would I rather cook inside or grill outside? Yeah, you can just go out there and flip it every 30 Give seconds. Give me the... Uh, see, but grilling outdoors on the coldest day of the year, sometimes the grill doesn't even start. It's, no, it's problematic. Point. It's very difficult. Yeah, my smoker would not do well in this weather we've been having. Yeah, I give mean, me it's the chili. Enough, it's hard enough when it's 30 degrees to get that up to temp. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely chilly. See, to me, though. I do love chili. I, I'm not, I'd be I'm fine not, either. I'm not one of those can't eat ice cream in the winter. Correct, can't same. do super chilly in the summer. It doesn't matter. I mean, I like, I like my hot foods hot and my cold foods cold. Nice. And it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. It's like so the McDLT, John. I mean, literally the hottest chili I ever made was we were having a watch party. This is when I was still in college. We were having a watch party for the Texas Tech game, which was a Thursday night in 1994. In yeah. And it was the hottest day of the year, and the air conditioning in our house didn't work very well. Mm. And my mom and dad grow these, uh, these uh, chili peppers. It's the same kind that when you dry them up and crush them, they're the, the flakes that you sprinkle mm -hmm. on your pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. Those type of flakes. They brought me a whole stack of those. I put the whole freaking stack Ooh. in the chili. Whoopsie. It was too hot. <laughs> too hot except coffees. For one guy, except for one roommate who was like, this is the best stuff ever. Too hot so, coffees. Here's what, here's what people said the after they put it in their mouths that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, John, if you've seen that hockey video I yet. I saw it. Okay. I saw it. Yeah, that was you. Spicy great. food. That, <laughs> might, that might be the I mean, 56th remember, time Josh has played that today, Nick, by the way. Nick Baugh and I had a live human being, a 240-pound human being, dive at us last year at the NCAA tournament, and you didn't hear that. <laughs> by the way, uh, before we finish up Dumb Debates, a couple of responses. First of all, a person who worked in... Near Bo Pelini, let's just say that, during his time in Nebraska, messages me and says, Bo is super competitive. He'd probably win it. So there that, you go. That with, is a good point. With Bo Pelini. Uh, beer conversation. Stacy, uh, salesperson, sales director Stacy, mm -hmm. says, we used to call Milwaukee's best mud in oh. college. Uh, DG the Prophet, Miller Genuine Draft, and then a throwing up emoji. Joel sent a, a picture of Schlitz. Uh, and then Steve writes, Nick's just worried the kids are going to eat all of his dino nuggets. Yes. So. Stay away from them, you dumb kids. There They're you mine. go. All right. When we return, speaking of food, it's time for what's for dinner. Mama and we'll Mia. get you ready for John Bishop on the call for Creighton and UConn as Creighton looks to take down the first number one team ever in the history of their program. We'll finish up the program next here on 1620 The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.